Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. Creating community for yourself and for your business can be such a game changer. Let's be real, being a solopreneur can be pretty isolating at times. I mean, you can totally vent to friends or a partner about challenges you're facing, but if they're not in it in the day-to-day, they may not really get it, which is why having a community can be so important. Every time I've moved my business, which is four times now, but who's counting? I made sure to hit the ground running by connecting with others. Hitting up Eventbrite events, meetups, One Million Cups, Creative Mornings, Chamber Meetings, B&I, and local A&D events, symposiums, and everything in between. Now that most things are back in person, this can be a great way to connect with others, create relationships, and possible referral networks. I think it's important to remember that when you're going to these events, you're probably not going to directly land clients, but you will make amazing connections with other entrepreneurs who can become friends, mentors, mastermind buddies, referral partners, or people that you can connect with others. I actually met today's guest through a local A&D event when I lived in New Mexico. Then we became friends, mastermind buddies, and even collaborated together on a large event. You never know what can come from these connections. So you're probably thinking, that's awesome, Chell, but my business is virtual and I don't really need local connections. Okay, well, you can use social media to foster relationships like this as well. Because I live overseas, I also don't attend local events anymore, which truthfully, I really miss, but... C'est la vie. So all of my connections are virtual. And truthfully, some of my most meaningful relationships are with RDs that I've met virtually. We're in a world where everything is going virtual and it's way less sketchy to meet your IG friend in real life. Well, it's still a little sketchy, so be careful, but it's way less sketchy than like 1999 AIM, like trying to meet those people in real life. Okay, so all of this to say, it's okay if your business is virtual and your community is online there's still a ton of opportunity and space to connect with fellow RDs. And if you feel like you'd really vibe with someone while you're scrolling through their Instagram page, shoot them a DM. If that scares the shit out of you to connect with someone virtually, hit me up on IG and I will happily make an introduction, even if I don't know the other person. This legit may be one of my favorite things to do. Find people that others need to connect to. In keeping with that community creation mindset, I'm creating a monthly community Google Meet lunch chat which I should probably rename because that is a mouthful. Anyway, this lunch chat is a place for RDs to virtually connect, to discuss challenges that they're facing in their business, to gain insights from each other, and to have the opportunity to chat about various topics in breakout spaces. The first lunch chat is happening on June 13th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link to sign up is in the show notes. Guys, it's totally, totally free, in case I didn't mention that. And this is just going to be a really cool place to come together to talk about business, so I would love to have you there. Hopefully it fits into your schedule. So let's dive into my chat with Fallon Bader, a registered dietitian, avid cook, and entrepreneur. She owns a business called The Sprouting Kitchen where she hosts cooking classes outside on local farms, in health clinics, and online virtually. Fallon is passionate about making nutritious seasonal food more accessible and delicious to enjoy. Fallon, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you here. Me too, so good to see ya. All right. Let's dive into three questions before we learn a little bit about your journey. You down? Yes, let's right. go. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? Oh, I think currently, this is always changing, but um, I really like to go to Japan and visit some like small villages and drink a lot of tea and eat a lot of good Japanese food. 
Sounds like a pretty solid goal. I'm digging like the small like towns, mm-hmm. not necessarily like the bigger cities. That's sweet. I feel like that's how you really get to discover a country. Yeah. I mean, I'd also like to stay in Tokyo for a couple of days too, okay, but you know, <laughs> a little bit of both if we're, if we're being hypothetical. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite meal of all time? Favorite meal of all time. You know, this question is always really hard for me. I would say probably something like really interesting. Uh, I once studied abroad in Cape Town, South Africa, and we went on a safari up near Zambia and Zimbabwe. And we had um, like a meal cooked for us over a fire on this island by like the people who lived there. And it was I don't even honestly remember what we eat. I guess it was more about the experience and just being like so far out there and in a really beautiful place with a really interesting culture. So yeah, there you have it. That might be the most intense answer ever on the show. (laughs) Yes. And it wasn't even like a specific food. I'm digging that it was the experience though. I feel like that says a lot. I think that says a lot about me. So yeah, uh. Yeah, definitely. All right. And then last but not least, coffee or cocktails. Man, I want to say tea, and I know that's not the option. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to pick my own option because uh, I'm really into tea right now. Well, I've been for the last like two years. Yeah, tea. And I like pu'er tea, which is a fermented black tea. If you haven't mm-hmm. tried pu'er tea before, you have to try it. And where does one get this? Um... A lot of coffee shops here in Albuquerque sell it, but it's pretty like it's pretty common. So you could definitely get it online um, or any sort of tea shop that has a good variety. Okay, fair. Poo air tea. Now that's on my list. Awesome. Yeah, it's got like the depth of coffee because it's fermented and it's it's black, so it's really yeah. like kind of dark and has a lot of flavor. So it's okay. really interesting. Digging it. All right, mm-hmm. since now we know basically everything about you, let's learn a little bit about your RD <laughs> journey. When did that begin? Oof, let's see. So I guess it begins, I went to undergrad at Penn State in Pennsylvania, and that's when I kind of fell in love with nutrition. Um, and then I did my internship at Cornell, which is in the beautiful town of Ithaca, New York. And while I was there, I was involved in like a seed to table program with kids. And, you know, the kids, we had a garden and they would pick food from the garden and cook with it, which, I mean, this was back in 2015, which I think now is like, oh, so commonplace farm to table. You, yeah. you know, like everyone, everyone has that in their mind, <clears throat> but it was really new to me. And I was amazed that these kids seemingly knew more about produce and fruits and vegetables and and how to grow. Like truthfully, they knew more about how to grow things than I did. I really had no background (laughs) in growing food. I grew up in suburbia, New Jersey. Uh, And I was like, wow, I want want to know more about growing food. Also just Ithaca, New York has a really, really vibrant like local food scene. It is the best farmer's market I've ever been to in Ithaca, New York. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pretty much I like fell in love with local food and growing food while living there. And it was funny. I, I was like just about to get my RD license and I, 
you know, graduated, got my RD license, and then was like, you know, I really want to learn more about growing food. So I joined Food Corps, which is an AmeriCorps program where you work with schools to incorporate school gardens and cooking and nutrition. Uh, and that's when I moved out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, which, side note, is where Chelicina and I met years Accurate. ago. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's let's dissect this a little bit. So sure. in your internship, did you have any intention of going clinical? Or because you were exposed to this food side of things and like the, the mm-hmm. farm to table side of things during that period of time, that clinical didn't even cross your mind? You know, I think I was really open in my internship because I, I liked, I enjoyed everything. Like I, I enjoyed aspects of clinical, um, but I think I knew deep down, like I really enjoyed uh, my like food service rotations. I really liked being more tangible and, and cooking things and talking to people. And yeah, it's not that I never thought I would do clinical, but I, it wasn't top of mind. Totally. Okay. So then food court took you out to New Mexico and then what? Yes. So I was in New Mexico working with schools, right, to help build school gardens and incorporate cooking. And it was awesome. I did that for a year and I did it also for a year in Hawaii. And then I moved back to New Mexico because I love it here so much. And I actually worked as an outpatient dietitian at UNMH for a year and a half. So I did do some clinical outpatient at least. Yeah. Uh, And then I, I kind of, while I was working at or University of New Mexico, I knew that I wanted to somehow combine the experience I had with local farms and growing food with kind of my like nutrition education side. Uh, And there was a really inspirational farmer who I uh, got to know really well uh, named Lorenzo Candelaria. He is a seventh generation Hispanic Native American farmer who is like almost 80 years old. And he is just like full of wisdom and depth and when I would go to his farm, I just wanted to eat everything that he grows. And I was like, this is amazing. I mean, that's what we're trying to do as dietitians is get yeah. people to eat more produce, right? Fruits and vegetables. And I just was like, wow, he, he can talk to the community in a totally different way that I can. And both are valuable. And how do we kind of utilize both of them? He actually is the one who inspired me. He was like, why don't we do a community event? like a cooking event on my farm and we'll just invite people and see how it goes. Uh, I love that the 70 year old man is crazy progressive in that way. That's awesome. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we could have this whole podcast talk about things I've learned from Lorenzo, but uh, (laughs) yeah, he's amazing. And there's so many Lorenzo's out there, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I remember when you did the first like on the farm cooking demo and Mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome. And I remember like the enthusiasm that you had, you're like, this can be something. So Mm -hmm. I would love to know, like one, how did you start connecting with other farmers? Was it only through Lorenzo? And two, what did that process look like for you going from just a one-off thing into creating a business around this? Spoiler alert, guys, this is literally what she does. It's called the Sprouting (laughs) Kitchen. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think um, how I got to know more farmers was mostly just going to the farmers market and then talking to farmers, supporting them. And then the key you really want to get to know farmers is offering to volunteer, uh, especially in their like high season. In my experience, most farmers will take volunteers if you say, "Hey, I'd love to come volunteer," and like 
know that you might be picking weeds most of the day, but usually you still get to like chat and talk with the farmers and people on the farm. For me, that was definitely the best way, but also you can be really honest. Like, Hey, I'm a dietitian. I would love to, you know, come check out the farm volunteer and maybe we can partner in the future. Yeah. I think like let them know who you are and how you'd love to maybe partner with them somehow. Yeah. Yeah, And, and I think for some reason people are intimidated to uh, reach out to them. But in my also experience, a lot of farmers can be kind of shy, you know, like they spend most of their day outside with plants, which is pretty cool. And a lot of dietitians are super chatty, right? We're like not too shy to approach people. So just, you know, remember that. (laughs) I feel like that's really good advice. So how did you take this from that one off with Lorenzo to then collabing with other farms around Albuquerque and I'm guessing Santa Fe now too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So once we kind of did like the a beta test essentially with Lorenzo and thought, all right, this could work. Uh, I actually applied for a, a little bit of grant money through a Siggy's Yogurt Entrepreneurial grant they do every year. And I won that, which was awesome. It was just a little bit of money, but it helped get things rolling. And then from there, I just kind of reached out to the different farm connections that I already had and was like, would you want to do a cooking class on your farm? And they said, yes. Um, And also in that time, a a really important aspect for a a business like this, which is so community oriented. And I, I wanted, you know, a lot of the farm to table movement is really exclusive. It's like expensive dinners on farms and shopping at the farmer's market, which are all things that I enjoy and I think are awesome. But it can be exclusive and it's hard to do those things if you don't have the money to do so. So totally. since I had already lived in Albuquerque for now, you know, a couple of years and worked in different places and uh, I had connections with the university here and a hospital, I just talked to the people that I knew there and they actually wound up sponsoring some of our classes so that it was free for the participants to come and they paid me and we, um, this was aimed at more of like a lower income or a high risk, uh, like chronic disease population. That is awesome. So, I mean, you obviously worked in all of these settings, right? Like the university setting and the hospital setting. So that's how you had connections to this already. Did you have to reach out to anyone in particular and kind of like pitch yourself? What was your, like, what was the behind the scenes business side of that? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did have to like, even though I had some connections, I had to tell them what the heck I was doing. And this is not something that people really have done before. So I had to explain what we were doing and why this was valuable. Thankfully, people were pretty like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. But a new partner that we've now worked with is the um, New Mexico Farmers Market Association. Uh, and I, I knew the director and I had to couple years ago, I just approached her at a meeting and was like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And she had actually heard about us and was like, yeah, we would love to partner with you. So yeah. And now it's kind of been like, okay, I do need to make new connections and that can be a little, a little frightening, but (laughs) usually it's well received. I feel like Albuquerque is the kind of city where like word gets around quick. If you're within a with, if you're within a certain niche or you know certain people. And I feel like that's what I really love about New Mexico because everyone is 
super down to help you if it's something that resonates with them. So Mm -hmm. if you guys live in a city like that, definitely use the connections that you have in the city. Or if you're also in New Mexico, definitely (laughs) use those connections because it's, it's so true. I've, I've lived in like four or five cities now, and that's probably one of the only cities that my business grew super, super fast in because of the connections that I made. So totally. All right. So you're cooking on farms. Is that still something that happened during COVID? I would love to know what that business model maybe pivoted into or now looks like. Yeah. So 2020 was actually just my second season of doing cooking classes on local farms. And I had all these things lined up. And then with COVID, we could not gather in person. So had to pivot and I did cooking classes uh, virtually on Zoom for all of 2020 and actually a lot of 2021. I just kind of continued them. And, you know, of course it was a bummer to not be in person, but it was also a really great opportunity because, you know, doing things on Zoom opens you up to an entirely infinite audience. Totally. And I actually teach a class for a local hospital here that I've started teaching in like April of 2020. And I still teach it like every other week. And people love it because they get to join from their home. They don't have to go anywhere. Um, This is also a population that, you know, might have some chronic health issues. So maybe they're not so apt to like get up and go somewhere every week or two. Totally. And they're not always cooking. A lot of people are just kind of joining in to watch. So yeah, I think that the virtual cooking class has opened up so many opportunities. And I, yeah, I still kind of have a hybrid business. Do you feel like people learned more on the farm or has gone, has going virtual not really made a difference? Ooh, that's a really interesting question. I think that it's different learning. I think that my Zoom classes are a bit more like, here's a recipe and I'm going to talk to you for like 60 minutes. Yeah. On Zoom, I kind of feel like I'm Rachel Ray because <laughs> it's like me teaching everyone for, it's almost more of like a lecture. Of course, I tried to make it more engaging, but it is more of that format. Whereas my classes on farms are much more like, here's different ex- um, recipes. I do a demo and then we break into groups and everyone's cooking. So it's not so much like me leading something for 60 minutes. It's more I'm like facilitating an experience. So I think that the Zoom classes are a bit more like you're learning more like a recipe and nutrition education. It's more like standard, whereas the cooking class, you're learning that. But on top of that, you're like outside, you're learning about the farm, you're making new community like relationships. So yeah, I hate to be biased, but I think the in-person classes are just like a much richer experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to replicate that virtually still. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean, I can see that, right? I think that's what 2020 brought. 2020, 2020 and 2021 reminded us how much we need community in our lives mm-hmm. and how much like coming together is actually really valuable. And like, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you were able to pivot virtually, but I, I think you're right. There still is something about being together, sharing a meal together, sharing the experience of it. Because I mean, we watch TV or videos online all day long. And like, that's what a Zoom meeting is, right? It's just another video. But the experience aspect of it, I think just kind of takes it to the next level. But I love that you've been able to bring both models into your business so that you can actually make money, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) That's that's pretty cool. (laughs) 
Are there any tips that you have for RDs who want to start doing online demos? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you want to do something online, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I also think there's a lot of competition. So the word niche, right, comes to mind. It's really important to niche niche down when you're doing stuff, especially online, because there's just so, so much. So really, like, what do you want to offer? I actually took a really awesome online cooking class called Cooking Class Business School with the Instagram is Hidden Rhythm. She's awesome. Her name's Cynthia. And she just talks all about, like, if you want to teach how to make macaroons or, like, really specific things, that's, like, the more specific you can be, the better, which is honestly hard for me. But the more I niche down, the more I see that it it does make sense. So, yeah. I mean, if you're a dietitian, like don't just be a dietitian doing healthy eating. Like what, what's your unique angle at that? I love that. That's a really good tip. Speaking through all of that uh, competition, how do you like to collaborate with fellow RDs? Man, I, I love collaborating, especially as a solopreneur, like it's lonely, right? So it's super fun to do stuff with other people. Well, what comes to mind first is even though I do cooking classes, I've gone more into also doing like cooking events. So the first one I ever did was with Celestina. We did a like five course dinner and it was like a private dinner and it was so much fun and (laughs) so fun. Um, Obviously that's something that's like very specific and you'd have to be in the same area. But if you're more on the culinary side, I think that is a really fun thing to do and you can make it as simple or as fancy, right? There's so much in between there. So I would like my first answer. Second would be, I think it's really cool to see what other RDs, what their community is like and, and helping them in seeing how they can connect with local farms. A lot of RDs have reached out to me being like, oh, what you do is really cool. I would love to do that in my community. So personally, I want to build a community of RDs who have, you know, like like-minded interests and are connecting with farmers in their community and then we can like share ideas and thoughts and things that worked that's like kind of always been a big goal of the sprouting kitchen is to help other people other people in rds connect with farmers so yeah if you want to connect with local farmers or do similar cooking classes in your community reach out to me and we can chat and uh, eventually i will do like a community or training of sorts. So maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be in the works. Stay posted guys. All right. Where can they find you? (laughs) Yes. So I'm definitely most active on my Instagram, which is at the sprouting kitchen. My website is www.thesproutingkitchen.org. And my email is, we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Dude, I quick side note. I totally forgot that we did a five course dinner. Guys, this is what happens with COVID brain. That was three years ago. That's crazy. Four, three, two, two. That was 2019? No. That was 2019. It was the early 2019. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Celestina (laughs) took brown butter and added, what was that stuff called? Uh, That's a great question. Essentially, it makes a fat into a powder. And then we put that on top of homemade tortellinis. And it was... So it was like powdered butter and it was really good. 
And that was stuffed with like local mushrooms, I'm pretty sure. The tortellini mm-hmm. or like, yep. oh, oh my God. Or local really sorrel. It was local sorrel and local mushrooms. Oh yeah. Guys, I'm geeking out you right gotta, now. You got to come back and we can do a pop-up. I might have to take you up on that. That sounds like so much fun. I miss cooking. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys, 2022 slash 2023, join us in New Mexico. We'll figure out a pop-up situation. (laughs) Yes, be there. It's going to be awesome. Exactly. All right, Fallon, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Guys, feel free to reach out to Fallon on Instagram and figure out how you can reach out to farmers in your area. All right, ciao. It's always so great catching up with Fallon. So quick recap. One, get out and network with the people in your community. Farmers, farmers market directors, schools, hospitals, and you can make some cool nutrition-focused shit happen. Two, if you're going to do an online cooking demo or course, niche down and get really specific about who you want to serve and what you make. Three, be open to pivoting and changing up your business. I think that last one is really, really, really necessary when you are a solopreneur slash entrepreneur. Being able to roll with the punches is really important. So if you like this episode and you like the other episodes, I would love if you could share this with your RD bestie and we could just get this community a little bit bigger. I am beyond grateful for the people who listen on a regular basis. And if you haven't subscribed already, sign up for the subscriptions so that you can get notifications and this just hops in your, hey, there's a new episode page on whatever platform you listen to. Yeah, I'm really appreciative that you're here. Thank you. Oh, and remember, if you want to join the community lunch chat, check out the link down below in the show notes to sign up. Remember, it's totally free and I would love for you to be there.